What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode 138 of Fourth and John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn, and we are talking Eagles and Rams, the aftermath. Uh, we'll start with a quote from Tony Dungy. This quote has been mentioned by Aaron Moorhead, a quote that he's been talking to his wide receivers about. No excuses, no explanations. You don't win on emotion. You win on execution. Now, if we're talking about Doug Peterson, who has made mention several times over the last couple of days, Doug Peterson has made mention of having no offseason and what that has done and, affected and how it's affected his football team. But at the end of the day, Doug, the rest of the NFL has not had a preseason, but the players have come out and executed. Their coaches have come out and coached. They've got their players in position to succeed. They put their players in positions to win. When you're looking at your football team, usually it starts with the quarterback. The quarterback has not been good enough to win the last two ball games. Your offense has not been good enough the last two games to win football games. Thinking about this offense, thinking about the weapons that they have, obviously we know there's been some injuries, but it is unacceptable that your offense has only managed to score three points in the last two games in the second half, Doug. It is unacceptable. There's no more excuses. There is no more explanations. We don't need the, the drama you don't win on emotion, you win on execution, Doug. And I'm trying to be as calm as possible because I've been angry the last couple of days. But I'm not going to make excuses. My boss asked me to get this project done at work. 
We all had projects to do, me and my coworkers. I didn't get mine done. You know what I told her? I said, I didn't, I didn't have a preseason. <laughs> all my other coworkers got the project done. At the end of the day, there's no excuses. You know, they didn't have a preseason either. Obviously, this is a, it's a joke. <laughs> but this, this is what it is, Doug. You know, I, I can't go to my boss and say, I didn't, I didn't, you have, there's no excuses. Get the job done and let's go win some football games. Evan Hollywood Hearn, how are you doing today? I'm doing, uh, how can I put it? I'm doing pretty shitty. Not, not, not too fantastic. I don't know how, I, I live and die by the Eagles. I don't know how I, I could be doing well in that realm. And I had the football gods laughing at me today, right prior to us jumping on and recording this episode. I got a email from my work. And uh, I edit videos by trade, and I have to edit a video for a Dr. Goff today. G-O-F-F. What are the chances that I'm I'm making a video for Dr. Goff? But honestly, just looking back on this game, I was like prior to it. uh, Going into this week, I was scared shitless of Aaron Donald. Uh, You know, I watched him tear up the Cowboys and... Last week, we had eight sacks versus Washington's. We allowed to get uh, through on Wentz. And the fact that we had no sacks allowed this entire game and the fact that the turnover problem continued to exist, I don't know how we can't not be critical of Carson at this point. We talked last week about Wentz privilege. Does it exist? And, you know, even... During that episode, when we were explaining what Wentz privilege is, what we, when we were explaining how we let Carson kind of get away with poor play. We still danced around the topic and still said, yeah, well, you know, it, he didn't have the preseason. Dude, there was no excuse. There was no excuse in week one. There was no excuse in week two. And we have a serious problem. I mean, Isaac Sayamalu goes down. That offensive line holds up well, even when he goes down. They allow zero sacks, and the offense is completely stagnant. You said that we've uh, we have three points in total in second halves of the first two games of the season. That's absolutely disgusting. And the fact that we're going to be playing the Cincinnati Bengals and I'm sweating it, man. Like I'm actually sweating the Cincinnati Bengals right now. I mean, we have to face the facts. We have a QB who is clearly regressing right now. We have a head coach who doesn't know how to game plan for him right now. And we don't even have an official an official offensive coordinator to help guide this offense. The Eagles are flying by the seat of their pants right now. And I'm sick of the, you know, this was a weird offseason. There's no preseason excuse. Across the league, that, that was what happened. Everybody dealt with the same pandemic. Everybody didn't have a preseason. Yet the Rams seem to be firing on all cylinders. The Eagles can't get out. I don't even know what to say about them. They, they they don't look to me like anything that I'm familiar with. And quite frankly, I've been thinking about the beginning parts of our season, the past few seasons. And I remember us having episodes all during that time of 4th and John. And we're talking about how the Eagles lack an identity. And here we are again in 2020, year five of Wentz. And this team completely lacks an identity. That's exactly what this team seems to be, is a team without an identity. You know what, well, Doug Peterson's going to counter your argument. Um, hopefully this makes you feel better, Evan. It, it won't. 
uh, instead of folding up our tents and going and doing something else, we're going to fight the fight, man. We're going to sit here. We're going to grind this thing out. And, you know, that grind this thing out kind of talk, that's, that's what I want to hear at the end of the season. We're but I want to the- hear how he's actually plans on grinding that out. That's I mean, all well and good that he's going to work. I can say I'm going to work hard and grind it out. But, like, if I don't actually give you a plan as to how I'm going to do so, how are you going to feel confident that I'm actually going to do that? I could just be all talk. Like, I personally don't want to hear you talk about grinding things out. We're just we're two games in, dude, and we're talking about grinding things out. Like, like you should have had this thing, you know, started off on the right foot. But you have, you have to think that um, watching the guys talk after the game, talk to the media, you could see it in their faces. Doug looks – he looks shook, a little bit more stuttering. Any persons in the media, you know, you got to speak. There's times when you, you stutter. It's usually when you stutter is when you, you're not prepared or you don't have a real definite answer. And you can see in his face, like looking, looking at Carson Wentz, I'm a big believer in body language. Like you could say anything you want, but if your body language tells me, tells me everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz. Talking to the media, he just looked really, I'm not going to say lost. He looked very uncomfortable. I didn't think that he was believing what he was saying. Like he was he was saying the right things. But I wasn't believing that he was wholeheartedly, you know, 100% backing what he's saying. Obviously, young quarterbacks will go through their ups and downs. A quarterback in his fifth year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ideally say that is uh, a young quarterback. He's 27 years old at this point, you know. But talking about the Eagles football team and being 0-2, how many teams have started 0-2 and won the Super Bowl? There's only been one team. Uh, that was the 2007 New York Giants. They started 0-2 and won the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. They were um, undefeated that year. Yeah. Uh, you know, how how many uh, – what's the percentage of NFL teams that start 0-2 and make the playoffs? That is uh, 11%. Um, so right now the Eagles are in a place – the Eagles are behind the eight ball. I w- I'm not going to say there's 14 games left, but thinking about that stat, thinking about there's only been one team. And that, you're never going to say never, but you want to see how this team comes together through this adversity. And we've seen this team fight. We've seen, we've seen the fight. We've seen the hungry dogs run faster. But we haven't seen the hunger in the squad yet. Mm-hmm. We are always in this position, Gail. Every single year we're in this position where we have games that we could have won and we could have made the end of the season so much easier. But we're always putting ourselves in a position where we're relying on other teams to lose in order for us to get into the playoffs. And if you just win the games you're supposed to win, i.e. Washington week one, and you just show up and play pitifully. Uh, the Rams, they have a decent squad right now. I mean, that they, they could be one of the better teams to emerge out of the NFC this year. If you don't pull it out against the Bengals and rookie Joe Burrow, I don't know what to think of this team. Like, I, I really, you start off 0-3. I know that's not 11% to get into the playoffs. I don't think this team has the hunger that we're looking for this year, man. I really don't. You know, a couple of episodes I was just talking about that situation where 
players once they they win, they get to the pinnacle, win a Super Bowl. Are they full? Are they are they uh, as hungry as they used to? There's a mix of players who on this team have won a Super Bowl. There's a lot of players on this team that haven't won Super Bowls. You know, Carson Wentz is he's got a ring, but I'm he's sure got a he ring, but he's got it in a weird way. Don't you think he'd have that hunger more than anybody to go want to yeah, go out there and prove that he can be the guy to win the Super Bowl? I believe so. I mean, you saw it last season with the guys that he was working with at the end of the season and getting them into the playoff. He gets the cheeks out and now we're starting over again. I don't believe that. Uh, <laughs> I seen a tweet on um, on Twitter the other day. It, it, they, they're basically saying he hasn't been the same since he had sex. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that same tweet. Yeah, and it, 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 all of the uh, math seems to add up that way, doesn't it? That was a, that was a great tweet. I mean, at the time, at, at this time. Eagle fans were all coming together, and we, we need to – the memes and jokes usually get us through it. And then we start attack. you know, first we start attacking ourselves. When mm-hmm. Eagles, Eagles uh, you know, fans start attacking each other, mm-hmm. you know that's when we're catching L's. So, I mean, the, the best thing that the Eagles can do to right the ship is get back on track, catch W. I think, if anything, if they learn anything from their mistakes, it's uh, don't turn the football over. Put Carson I mean, Wentz in a better done. put him in a better um, situation to win. We rely on Miles Sanders a little bit more to get him going, get the offense going, get the run game going. And it's weird that you, you're talking about having Carson be a game manager when you're like he's a hundred and twenty seven million dollar quarterback. We're trying to like manage the game so he doesn't screw it up and throw interceptions. Like if we're gonna talk interceptions. One of the big plays in the Rams-Eagles game was the Eagles are driving the momentum. It's right there for a momentum shifter. We're talking about a safety in the middle of the field and a cornerback that makes a hell of a play and a break on the football. If you look at the freeze frame, it looks like it's pretty much open if you throw a strike and you have the arm of like a Patrick Mahomes. Like I was thinking, like, how does he get that ball? If he throws a high Maybe jump ball, you know, he's been throwing high for like the basic catches across the field. Like the one play where you ask him, want him to throw high, he doesn't throw high. But could he have looked off the safety and gotten in there? Maybe because I'm looking at the play and trying to break it down. Like how does he not throw an interception? It's like he was a little late. If he wasn't late on the throw, maybe he, he connects with Jay Jaw. And Jay Jaw got the wrath, but that's all. On, that was all on Carson, I think. When you're on first down in the red zone, and you're trying to force things in. And if you listen to this podcast over the years, I have mentioned Captain Saverboro. This is when Carson Wentz, this is the version of Carson Wentz where you can get amazing plays a la Wentz against Washington in week one, uh, connecting with Nelson Aguilar or like escaping the pocket. Houdini move against the Bears or just random plays of, you know, he just pulls one out and you're like, how did he do this? But Captain Saverbro can also be a curse. It's a gift and a curse. For Carson. Yeah. Captain Saverbro can make you lose 10 yards and take you out of field goal range. Captain Saverbro can get your quarterback hurt rolling out of the pocket or, and trying to do too much. Captain Saverbro is a gift and a curse. And we are hoping we just get Carson Wentz, the MVP-like Carson Wentz. 
Yeah, and you know, all this talk about momentum. How much momentum do you think was really lost in the very beginning of that game with that Miles Sanders fumble as well? I, I, I think as much as it sucked, I, I think they continued to fight. They showed that they came continued to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, they got some gimmies from the uh, football gods with Cooper Cup fumbling. It's true. But again, fumbles happen. Like Cooper Cup, one of their good players, fumbled. Miles Sanders, one of our players, good players, fumbles. Fumbles do happen. That's football. But I think their ability to fight through and, and be in the game, and you felt it. You felt it. I mean, the weird thing is you felt it and you're at home. Like, we're used to being in the stadium. Mm-hmm. That that kills me the most because I'm wondering, like, do the fans, Eagle fans in Philadelphia hold the team accountable? Like, you hear the boos in the first quarter if the team's not playing. On the road, the Eagle fans have been known for the last couple of years to show up in San Diego, show up in Buffalo, show up in Green Bay. It doesn't matter. We're showing up. So it, this, is there an effect of not having Eagle fans? It's a, it certainly seems like it. I mean, the Eagles aren't playing with any juice whatsoever. And you look at the common factors that are involved in that and no fans being there. You know, it did the boos seem to get louder. I know that they were piped in by the broadcast, but did they seem to get louder uh, as the game went on for Carson Wentz? Because I, th- I thought I heard little murmurs in the beginning, and then like it really picked up towards the fourth quarter, I, I thought. I, don't, I, don't, I heard it one time. Carson uh, says he didn't hear it at all. So they, sa- they said that the boos weren't in the stadium, and that was just a part of the broadcast like, oh, see, done afterwards. Bad. Yeah. I mean, did you see when the, the players were coming out of the, uh, the tunnel? Mm-hmm. And we're used to like we go we go in pregame we get down by the end zone, you know the music's piped up you know the players are feeling it they're looking around they're looking at their families in the stands kind of like getting that getting that mojo going and I I saw the uh, video that was put out by the social media team for the Eagles of the players coming out and they're they're blowing the uh, smoke and everything yeah it, it was awful dude it was awful yeah it's just it so no, awkward yeah. no, they just guys are running out and just like screaming, but it's not like it's all fabricated. It, and it's so dead. Normally, yeah. the place is rocking. The music's rocking. There's a there's a there's a vibe, and there's totally a void watching these games. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm watching it. I I'm, I feel sad that there there's no fans there. It's yeah. Just it doesn't seem right. And they, they I thought I saw the stat out there like teams that um have fans in the stands. Are like five and one this year? Are they really? Yeah. So there's that much of an advantage going on, really? I don't know. Is it? Uh, there's a correlation for sure. And I think other one of the other things that, like, since we were watching from home, I'm sitting here watching on this TV, and they're showing highlights from other games from around the league as the Eagles game is going on, and I'm watching the Cowboys highlights as you know through the Eagles game, and I'm seeing them just getting stomped on. In the beginning of the game, I'm like, you know, that was my one consolation prize. I'm like, all right, at least the Cowboys are getting stomped on. And then they have the most miraculous comeback, you know, probably this season. With that, I'm not sure if you saw the offensive uh, or the onside kick, but yeah. that that was pretty unbelievable. The, the fact that the Falcons, they completely blew that. All they had to do was dive on the ball and the game's over. But they let it go the full 10 yards and the Cowboys end up scoring and winning like that was going to be the one thing that day that was going to make me feel better. And when the Cowboys came back, I was just, I was in my bag for the rest of the day. I mean, misery loves company. 
I mean, right now the NFC East is looking like the NFC least. Obviously, the Cowboys pulled out their W. But if you look around the league, we're the bottom dwellers right now. The Giants, they lost Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard as well. And that's that's rough. They can't um, get a break. That's – I don't know. Like, it's weird for me to, like, take a, a moment out of an Eagles podcast and just talk about Saquon. But Saquon Barkley is – obviously, it's from Penn State, teammate of Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. But a great talent. But for if you look around the league, a lot of players are getting injured, star players. So – as much as the injuries are piling up on the Seekers roster, they are piling up around the league. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey going down. You know, we're, we're going to be playing the 49ers who lost Nick Bosa. Uh, Garoppolo got hurt. We want Tevin Coleman is hurt. Mm-hmm. Richard, Richard Sherman's he's hurt as well. Is he out for the season too? He's out for the season as well? Yeah, I know he got hurt. I mean, they, a lot of players have gotten hurt. You're just hoping as we move into – these next couple games, right? You know, we have uh, the Bengals. I believe it's I believe it's a winnable game. Uh, the 49ers are dealing with injuries. It could be a winnable game. And then you have the Steelers. Um, Big Ben, who's a wily veteran. You know, you're playing at the Steelers. You know, that uh, you're just hoping that you can go two and one in the next next three games, just to keep it serviceable. Because then you got the Ravens coming up after that. And then we hit the NFC East. We got the Giants, the Cowboys, and then the Giants. So that's three games in the NFC East. And then the Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, Cowboys, Washington. So, you know, talking about the Bengals, man, like you said, are you, are you concerned a little bit about the, the Bengals? I mean, I'm looking at the first overall pick and he he seems to be playing pretty well you look at his last game granted dude threw 60 times but the the mistakes aren't exactly happening he threw uh, three touchdowns no interceptions his weapons aren't exactly anything to die for um you know you've got joe mixon who's decent uh giovanni bernard who's washed at this point and then you got he's got a bunch of uh, young wide receivers, but that's a growing team, and it seems right now like we're going through some growing pains. You know, I think that this is a very winnable game. I think the Eagles should win this one, but I felt the same way about Washington, and I just think about how the Eagles have a way about getting snuck, and it's just, that that seems to be the Eagle way right now. Yeah, I mean, so far, you know, the Eagles have been favored at the last couple of games, mm-hmm. couple of games and we've lost. Um, but if you're going to look at the history between uh, the Bengals, the Eagles are winless in their past four games against the Bengals. We haven't uh, beaten the Bengals the past four games? They're winless in the last four games. Um, since then, I beat the Eagles uh, 32-14 to in 2016. And that was probably uh, another one of Carson Wentz's worst games. Yep. See, they, they tied in 2008, but the last time the Eagles beat the Bengals was December 24th, 2000. Uh, you mentioned some of their weapons. Joe Mixon, quality, quality running back, a guy who was on the board when we drafted Sidney Jones, just to let you remind, remind you guys. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd, uh, quality wide receiver, a legend, A.J. Green. He's looking a little uh, long in the tooth, but A.J. Green is still, he's an OG. 
Uh, they lost their tight end, CJ Zomoa. And they have a uh, sample as their, their tight end, who played, yep. who played fairly well last week. I was looking at Joe Burrow, he looked competent. That's one thing you add of a rookie that you're just looking at his play and wanting to see, does he, does he look like he belongs in the NFL? And right now he doesn't look like the NFL's uh, too big for him at this moment. You know, 37 of uh, 61 passes last week, 316 yards, touchdown. And that just goes. Zero interceptions too. Yeah. And that just shows you how much they believe in him too. I mean, granted they're they're playing from behind. But you have a good running back in Joe Mixon. And, you know, for, to let him sling the ball 61 times, they know that this kid has a good arm. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, they, they could be run on. You know, they gave up to, like, what, 215 yards against the, the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, so their their run defense uh, has allowed 155 yards in the first two games this year. Right now we're favored. <laughs> we're, fa- we're favored. Six-point favorite against the Bengals. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I'd rather have us be an underdog. I'd rather, I'd rather you look at us like we're not going to win this game so the Eagles don't start feeling themselves. Um, oh, but the, I, la- the last thing they should be doing right now is feeling themselves. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, sensing, that, I'm not sensing that urgency yet. Have you felt the sense of urgency yet? No. No, I haven't, I haven't felt that at all. I feel like they're coming out. They're completely stale. They're flat every game so far. I would I would have loved to hear a leader in the locker room. I would have been loved I would love to hear be a fly on the wall and watch one of these veterans like rip into some players. Like, you know, I'm wondering who that guy is in the locker room. Because mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, you you're you know, we all saw Malcolm Jenkins and uh last night play on Monday Night Football and you're thinking about all right, who's this leader in the locker room? Who's the guy that's gonna write the ship? Who's gonna get in someone's face and say, you know what? You know, you, you gotta do better. No, I don't. And you know what the thing is, is I don't think that that's Carson personality wise. I don't think Carson is the personality to be getting in people's faces, telling them that they are, you know, that they that they got to do better, maybe. But like, even if he is saying that, I feel I wonder if it's more of a a golly gee, Zach, you you know, you really got to catch that ball. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he has the light, the fire sort of personality. Malcolm Jenkins was a guy who just his energy, you can feel him when he entered the room. Like he, he, he had this presence about him that he just commanded the stage and everybody, when he spoke, everybody listened. Carson has the, the title of, of quarterback of the team. He's the franchise quarterback. So you would think that everybody should listen to what he has to say, but does he have the voice and the, the right things to say in the right moments. I don't know. You're wondering if he's manufacturing, like, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's a leader in, in the locker room, but it's like, you know, he's got the C on his chest, but is it, are the players holding it in their vest? You, like that one? <laughs> you know, like, are they, are they looking at Carson, like as that guy? Cause like when you look at the last two games, you look at your captains, you look at your leaders around the room and you're like, this guy's the guy that's leading me. this mm-hmm. guy who is our supposed leader, leader has messed up the last two ball games. You can easily say if Carson has a better game in the last two games that the Eagles win. Am I right? Yeah. If the turnovers don't happen, I mean, we're not putting the defense in short field positions, and most of the time they're not scoring. So if Carson comes in the locker room and is like, guys, I'm lo- losing my friggin' mind, and everyone's going to look at him like, bro, like, 
this is on you, man. I mean, yeah. this is it's it's a team game, but at the end of the day, the QB is is responsible for a lot of these wins and losses because the ball is in his hand most of the time. But again, it is a team game, but um, the defense has been giving up points. But obviously, I feel like if this offense puts this defense in a better situation to win, puts points on the board, makes it a even, you know, if teams know that we're trying to come back and pass, like it makes us one-sided. You know, if you can take make it an opposing team a one-sided and we're putting up points and getting teams behind, mm-hmm. we can play defense a little bit different but it's weird man it, we're, we're sitting at oh and two thinking about this football team yeah and, and i think you hit the nail on the head the other day when we were talking and just the fact that like during this entire weird offseason the weirdest offseason we've ever had with the pandemic not even knowing if we were going to have an nfs season we looked to the eagles as a beacon of light to pull us out of this we looked forward to this for months and now this is the shit that we're dealing with right off the bat. Like we didn't even get to have like a, a first couple weeks of just like, Oh shit. Eagles football's back. They're lightening up. And then the wheels fall off. It was just like, we had no wheels from the start. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, dead weight. I think that's exactly how I'm feeling. I'm like, it's like, I've been waiting for this so long. First I did. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. Then it happened. And, I'm looking for that. That's one one thing that I'm looking forward to. Like, I mean, again, usually if you're a diehard, kind of like we uh, attract the diehards that, that are about everything. It's not just, you know, we watch the game on Sunday. Like this is kind of our life, and we talk about this daily. We're, we're the kind of guys that if you say anything, Eagles, if you got an Eagles jersey, we're going to talk to you because you have an Eagles. Or we just need to talk about this 24-7. So, this is one part of my being and personality that I don't like it because I, I feel like these, I take these losses personally. I don't yeah. want to, but when I, like I do, like I, and I, I hate that. Like I can't get over a lot of these losses. I, I, I take them to heart and I analyze them in my head. Like what could we have done different? Who could have we have drafted last year to like, it, it gets to that point And I'm like, man, I got to just relax. Yeah, I I know. And ultimately, all all we are is, as you like to say, fanalists of the team. And when we look at this team and we see just glaring, obvious problems that like maybe we don't have the answers to, but we recognize it as a clear problem on this team. And then it just week after week continually goes unaddressed. Like we look to ourselves and we're like, you're seeing what I'm seeing, right? This offense is not working at all so like we got we got to switch some stuff up you just keep on rolling out the same vanilla bullshit why do you expect anything to change i mean this is where it lands on doug pearson's shoulders you're the head coach you write the ship you're the one that who's speaking to your players and inspiring them to be better what this whole last week has done to the fan base has put them in positions of standing their ground on their stances because players i mean uh fans are arguing on the timeline fans are calling for howie's uh resignation mm-hmm. people are talking about new head coaches people are talking <laughs> people, about jalen hurt season people are talking about frank reich already people are talking about jalen hurts already uh people are talking about 
maybe new offensive coordinators have to be implemented. We're talking about Jeffrey Lurie not believing wholeheartedly in Doug at this moment. You know, his ability to try and stay loyal to some of his coaches last year mm-hmm. and now, and then uh, Lurie getting rid of his assistant coaches and mm-hmm. put, putting new voices in place, looking at the offense, which Doug Peterson is in control of, and now looking after two weeks and it being stale. Is this a question for Eagles Nation moving forward, looking how Doug's offense, like I said, has not scored a touchdown in the last two games in the second half. So there's a lot going on, a lot bubbling up. Yeah. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are are looking also at the drafting as well. You know, you look at, we we heard all throughout camp, not so much about Davey and Taylor, but they were talking highly of Sean Bradley all throughout camp saying how he looks NFL ready. He's ready to go. You look at these linebackers, man. Dude, it is atrocious. These guys are getting Higby had three touchdowns, man. Three touchdowns. We've been getting absolutely torched by tight ends so far. The the entire middle of the field right now is completely wide open. And you know, you look at the obvious one, which is Jalen Hurts being taken in the second round, and he's only being used as a decoy versus the Rams. Which I mean, if the play works, that's fine, but ultimately I think that you could have done decoy plays with Greg Ward. I mean, he, he's a he's a former quarterback. That was, that's something, if you're game planning and you have Greg Ward on the field, that's something that you have to at least respect. But if you're going to, like, you know, try that sort of trick play. But, like, the fact that none of these linebackers, Davian Taylor, Sean Bradley, that they can't see the field over Nate Gary, Duke Riley, and TJ Edwards, like, I don't get it. Like, how far behind are these guys? Because, like, during training camp, we're talking about, you know, how how well they're doing. You know, they're blowing our expectations. And then we roll out these just, you know, Costco brand linebackers and (laughs) think that it's going to be all right. Like, I I think, I mean, your lead linebacker in the group is Nick Garrett. He had 69 snaps on the day. Duke Riley, 49. TJ had 28 snaps. And TJ, a guy who's been – People have liked his play. Uh, Sean Brad- Bradley did get 15 snaps. Who's liked his play? Opposing offenses? <laughs> well, I mean, TJ Edwards has been solid. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent to make the roster. And then, so you're looking at, looking at the play of Nate Gary, and you're looking at TJ Edwards, and you're like, would you rather have, you know, TJ Edwards in space? You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on either. Mm-hmm. But Nate Gary, former safety, again, we've talked about, like, the problem is, is like for the younger guys, is knowing the defense. These guys that are lining up right now have experience in the defense, so it's, it's imperative for these guys to learn what they have to do. Davian Taylor got eight snaps on the day. Uh, Davian Taylor, Taylor, most of his plays coming from uh, special teams right now. You know, he had thirty-two percent of snaps on special teams. But like, look, you look at that and. I hear what you're saying about, you know, these guys are have been in the defense. My question is, like, when was the last time we had a playmaker linebacker as opposed to a guy that's just serviceable? Because, like, a, a playmaker linebacker, he changes the game versus a serviceable linebacker is a guy who y- you can get the job done, but they're going to get burnt here and there. And they're, they're going to, you know, th- the play isn't going to be exceptional. If you have one playmaker linebacker in that like we haven't had that in years 
We haven't had that since Jordan Hicks. Yeah, and, and that's 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 the part where you look at the Eagles not valuing the linebacker position. Eagle fans have have been calling for uh, linebackers, calling for any quality play. <laughs> and the fact that we don't have a guy that we can look to at this moment, you know, it makes you it makes you question some things because you know, even looking at our defense, you know where the weak spot is, and obviously the Rams it, it gets picked apart. Yeah knew where the weakness is and he went there early and often and basically picked the scab in space and that was Nate Gary. Uh, his ability to try and cover Higby was was not there. I know some players, I mean some fans were looking to get Patrick Queen out of LSU. Kenneth Murray was from Oklahoma. Those were guys that were fans were clamoring over, but it's it is what it is, you know, you, you have to uh Hope that the Eagles figure it out. Yeah. That's something Doug talks about figuring it out. You better figure it out, man. You have to hope that the Eagles are going to figure it out. Gail, let me put you on the spot. Do you have confidence that they're going to figure it out? At this moment, um, you I should see I, the steer and headlights I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be, uh, it's, I do believe that the offense is going to figure it out. I, I believe they're going to figure it out. I think Carson has laid. He's laid two eggs already. I mean, you can't lay three eggs. Uh, if you lay one more egg, uh, you better come out with a chicken suit and uh, <laughs> you know, lay, you know, start uh, making some more eggs because there's no way you can lay one more egg like this. Like yeah. this, this is two two games of terrible tape. Yep. At this moment in time, Carson Wentz is a man in the mirror moment. I'm asking totally. him to change his ways. And and I had the exact same sentiment when after the Washington game, I saw how awful Wentz played. And I said, I was like, listen, if he comes out against the Rams and just, you know, gets caught with his pants down again, there's going to be conversations on the timeline where people are going to be bringing up the second round pick and Jalen Hurts and saying, hey, why don't, why don't we uh, trot this guy out there? I wasn't in favor. It. I- I'm still not in favor of that, obviously. Um Carson's the guy. Carson is the franchise quarterback. I truly do believe he's going to figure it out. But like, if he throws up another egg, like you said, man, like that conversation is going to get that much more amplified. And Carson seems to be in a place right now where his confidence is at an all time low. Once that conversation gets rolling again, he like he dealed with the Foles thing for a couple years, and you know now he's right back in it. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's not coming from this podcast. We're just telling you what's going on on the timeline. Yeah, we're, we're just telling you what we're reading on the timeline. You know, fans are, you know, whether it's DMs, whether it's uh, the posts underneath uh, the, the comments com- under the post that we put out there. The comments yeah. even uh, during our live shows. Yeah. I mean, the fans are asking for uh, lots of things, but the one common denominator is they're asking for Carson wants to show up. So, uh, you know, at, at this point in time, it's, really on the on the weight of our on the shoulders of Carson Wentz to really get this team well this offensive unit back on track I think if the offense starts scoring points you, you see a different outcome you know what I mean like you scored 16 points last week you scored yeah. 17 the previous week if yeah. you could just score 20 get in the 20s if, if you could just play a full 60 minutes, I mean, yeah, four quarters, uh, man, three, three points in 
the the final, you know, in the second half of both games. I mean, in, in all football games, they players they put up their four fingers for four quarters. At the end of the day, play four quarters of football. That's what it's about, dude. Yeah, that's what it's about. And uh, I think and, and, that, and that Washington game is a perfect example of it. Doesn't matter how hot you start out if you don't play four quarters of football and you take your foot off the gas. That shit happens. They're gonna cut. You're gonna get beat. You need to play a full four quarters. Now, Evan, uh, last words before we get out of here. Your prediction. My prediction for the Bengals. Man, so I predicted a blowout against Washington. I predicted a close win versus the Rams. I don't know why the the spirits are telling me that this is going to be a nice Eagles win, man. Because they need it. Man, I don't know who needs it more, the Eagles or me. But I, I'm feeling that uh, this defense... They, they're able to contain Joe Burrow. I think Carson Wentz gets in a little bit of a groove. Maybe we see a full three quarters out of him. I'm going to say he has a fumble because that's not completely out of the ordinary. But I'm going to say 27 to 20. Eagles win. It's funny. I, I had 27-17. Uh, I think, hey, you got a rookie quarterback. You said that about Dwayne Haskins being a second-year player. You have a rookie quarterback. If you, Jim Schwartz, can't dial up some pressure to bust some pipes, I think, you know, the amount of money that's been, you know, paid to the defensive linemen, we've paid the most money in the league for this defensive line. For them to have, like, one sack is ridiculous. Unacceptable. Someone needs to win these one-on-one battles, I think. Defensively, I think they should really create some pressure. Their offensive line has had some issues as well. So, I think, uh, I mean, the Eagles rebound here and get a W, and they get back on track and get ready for the 49ers the following week. And then we have our heads held high for at least a week, and we can feel good about ourselves. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm Eagle fans, I, I, this team has to get back to uh, stop making excuses. And we'll leave you with the quote from Tony Dungy again. No excuses, no explanations. You don't win on emotion. You win on execution. And uh, as always, it's fly, Eagles, fly. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.